0: hello and welcome to i'd sooner forget this a podcast where guests share with you things which have caused them embarrassment from their pasts like when i was 20 and quoted myself in a blog entry saying you're never too young to reminisce on the good old days but you're equally never too old to say that they have come to an end i've <laughs> Absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. Um I'm Daryl Smith, and with me today is comedian and actor Becky Branning. Hello. Becky, what are we going to be looking at today?
1: Uh well I just wanted to ask about your blog entry when <laughs> you quoted yourself. Did you write an article and then have quotation marks with your own quote in it? Yes. Wow. I know. Yeah. That's special.
0: It, it's a bold move. On your own blog entry to quote yourself, but then have your own name there.
1: Yeah, like the whole thing isn't your own thoughts anyway.
0: Yes, (laughs) I genuinely don't know. I think I was trying to be nuanced, whereas I just sounded like a 20-year-old trying to sound intelligent. Yeah. But what are we going to be looking at of yours? So
1: I, yeah, I've bought some old school books from primary school. I think this is
0: the youngest we've gone on the podcast. Uh, So what are we going to be looking at first?
1: Well, first, um, I've got an exercise. I presume that we were asked to do it, but there's no title or date (laughs) on the page. So it looks like I just suddenly had a, a moment of precociousness where I thought I would just write what would happen if I could change the world. But yeah, it's my sort of my vision.
0: And how old were you at the time?
1: I think about seven.
0: So let's hear what your seven-year-old self thought.
1: Okay. I might have to explain afterwards some of the characters involved in it. Sure. Uh, Okay, this is seven-year-old me. I mean, to be honest, I haven't changed much since. Uh, If I could change the world, I would give Julia Lassie... And we wouldn't have to watch Badger Girl. Instead, we'd watch Neighbours. And I'd stop the white people being horrid to the black people. And I'd stop the people planting bombs. And I'd do that by giving them hundreds of packets of sweets. And it would be any kind they like. And when I did that, I'd do Australia last so that I could live with Neighbours and Mummy and Daddy. And I'd improve Daddy's handwriting. And there would be no burglars. I feel like...
0: Every single sentence needs explaining.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot going on there. Clearly, very into neighbours.
0: Yes, yeah, I felt that a, a big focus on Australia itself as well.
1: And sweets, which I think, to be honest, is maybe a tactic that that we ought to try maybe in the next G eight. Yeah. <laughs> don't know if they've thought of that, but you know, who doesn't like sweets?
0: Yeah, just checking out bonbons. Yeah. to <laughs> try and create peace. Uh, so. Let's go through some of the bits which need explaining.
1: Yeah. Well, the first bit, I want to give Julia Lassie. Julia um, was a friend who was obsessed with Lassie. So obviously that was a natural starting point for what was wrong with the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Julia liked Lassie. Julia so, deserved Lassie. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Clearly it was that was a key point. Badger Girl was some educational program I remember we had to watch. And then you had to do a worksheet about it. Which, I guess, even early on I realised that was not the point of TV. <laughs> I'm trying to remember
0: Badger Girl. I don't think I ever had to watch that. I had to watch, like, Through the Dragon's Eye. Was it? Did you ever see
1: mm, that? No, I don't remember that one. It, I, I don't even really remember what happened. I mean, it sounds good, doesn't it, Badger Girl? I don't think it, she was like a superhero. She was probably, like, into tracking footprints or something. I don't uh, okay. know. It, I really don't remember, but I remember it was boring. The image in
0: my head is one of those shonkly shonky, very low budget, secretly yeah. it's all educational shows.
1: Yeah. I guess there was a certain level of astuteness and uh but I remember my whole class kinda used to boo when we had to watch it, so we were clearly onto it. <laughs> that wow. they were trying to educate us through this TV.
0: Yeah, Badger Girl must have been very bad for people to be I know booing the when the telly comes out, I know, that's the most I exciting know.
1: thing. I should uh, I should look it up, actually. I just remember it sort of always seemed very dreary and British. <laughs> and it always looks kind of grey and like it just been raining. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that. I really don't remember what it was. But clearly that was, um, you know, that was one of the other major things that were wrong with the world. And so, yeah. And so instead we'd watch Neighbours, which is stellar TV. That was exciting at that age. At seven years old,
0: you were watching um, Neighbours. Yeah. And enjoying it.
1: Yeah. Well, they had Toby. I'm showing my age now. He was... And Bouncer. It had a dog. I I don't think I followed all of the storylines, but it seemed exotic and sunny. (laughs) And people talked about it like the older kids. So you wanted to be watching Neighbours. And I remember one of the dinner ladies once had some neighbours' stickers that she'd got in a cereal packet or something, and everybody was trying to suck up to her to get the stickers. That was about as exotic as life got in my little world at that age.
0: So, whereabouts was it that you were going to school?
1: Uh, it was in Wiltshire. Does that explain everything?
0: <laughs> uh, well, I've only th- I've, I've seen a limited amount of Wiltshire. I've seen Swindon.
1: Yep. Uh, well, it's near Chippenham, which is like Swindon but without. The good shops. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Um, Chiffenham is like the annoying little brother of Swindon, but without the CDs. It wasn't an exciting place to grow up.
0: And, and so watching neighbours. So
1: Ramsey Street, wow.
0: I mean, this ref- goes, for, this is later on, but were, were your family living in Australia or some of your family was in Australia?
1: No, no. It, I think it was just the pull of neighbours. And I said, yeah, I said I wanted to move to Australia. This is. Uh, changing the world, obviously got the priorities right there, um, but I, I guess I, I did think I might be lonely without my parents. I noticed I didn't choose to move my sister; <laughs> just, just them, me, and the cast of neighbours.
0: <laughs> Do you remember having uh, any issues with your sister at the time? Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Older. No, younger, and. Um, yeah we yeah we we fought properly like we really went for it with mental and physical violence I don't feel like we missed any tricks in sibling rivalry
0: I think some people are quite jealous of like when a, a new sibling yeah comes in. yeah
1: I don't know I haven't even like got that I haven't got that far along the journey of evolution to go oh yeah I was just jealous when she arrived it's like she was just annoying we just used to know like exactly how to wind each other up we knew the exact buttons to press and uh we still do we get on now but still we can like just touch on those insecurities or or just wind each other up and conversations can go from like you're right to boom, hanging up but it's the only person I'm like that with.
0: Um, have we missed a- any other lines which need explaining?
1: Well, maybe I'd stop the white people being horrid to the black people. Ooh, that's... As a
0: 7 year olds to pay attention to like I know, issues. I was
1: thinking, how did that get into my world? Clearly somebody, I saw something on the news, I think, and that's how somebody explained it to me, and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll stop that.
0: But it's it's fascinating how your childhood brain goes between bombs and, like, racial issues and then sweets.
1: Yeah, it goes from uh, dark, horrible, terrible things, people dying, being hurt. Okay, um, I know, I know, I've got just the thing. Dib-dabs. Uh, that was all that. Um, that's as good as it gets at that age, isn't it? Neighbours and sweets. So can't imagine any problem being uh, unsolvable. Yes,
0: I suppose as a seven-year-old most of your problems can be resolved by television and suites. Yeah. So what book actually is this?
1: Uh, It's called Language Book. There are worksheets and, yeah, various stories and, I mean, incredible drawings. It's a shame it's a podcast. You can't see the artistic talent that (laughs) was displayed. I used to get very excited about when we could write stories and things. I liked going into the imagination and... I think, I'd say my grasp of reality was somewhat limited <laughs> There was a bit I wrote later on About what I want to happen in the future The theme of sweets comes up again <laughs> um, And midnight feasts And Australia and neighbours They to, really
0: uh, are your focus Yeah,
1: although and there was also a wedding in that one To a boy in my class uh, But um, yeah no, I don't think there was a huge amount of range going on All I ever wanted was sweets and neighbours
0: it seems like you had some sort of obsession with sweets. Were you uh, were you allowed
1: them? No, we were allowed sweets once a week on a Saturday, and yeah, as a result, it's like made me kind of crave them constantly. You know, when you're not allowed something, and it just God, it became like a it became like a crack addict for sweets. And if anybody had any, I just I had to have them. I remember crying once when I first moved to that school, and um, because. My mum had given me a banana for my break and everybody else had crisps. I was just devastated. <laughs> um, my, I've got a friend now that I was at primary school with and she remembers that and she's like, can't believe we all had to give you our crisps because you were crying about your banana.
0: <laughs> so were you being made to try and be healthy?
1: Yeah, which, it, which felt like abuse.
0: <laughs> Do you appreciate that now?
1: Kind of, but it. But yeah, it's when everyone else has got crisps. It, even now, I'd probably rather crisps over a banana. Yeah. No, It depends on the time, but um, I've, not, I've not got a healthy relationship with sweets these days. I think they should, I think if, if they'd been more liberal through childhood, they wouldn't be this like coveted, exciting thing.
0: I suppose because you you were looking forward to that moment that you were allowed them once a week yeah so we're going to look at another book now is uh when's this one from
1: this one is from when i would have been 10 so yeah double figures (laughs) a bit more you know a little bit more world wise
0: and uh what what book is this
1: this is uh and this is language book as well some years on the bit i'm gonna read is uh I, th- I think this is probably more science, but I don't think we ever had science books, so we probably just had to... <laughs> it was either maths or language.
0: So, so science just got lumped into... Yeah, it.
1: science, Oh, uh, it's not maths, so that'll be <laughs> language. <laughs> and topic, that was that was at primary school. It was, it was a really small school I went to, so like there was three years in one class. What was topic? Topic was, like, they'd set a topic like Egyptians or something, and then all the work you did... About the topic, which I guess is how they snuck in all the subjects
0: Uh, without
1: us knowing.
0: Did you have to mummify your own teddy bear?
1: No. Oh my god did did you do that? Yeah, I thought I thought that was a
0: common thing.
1: No. Well, maybe we didn't we didn't do that. Like you didn't have to make like
0: a shoebox. No. Like, like a, a... We had to make a, a sac- Kill your own
1: <laughs> teddy bear and make its own coffin. We had to make a sarcophagus
0: out of a shoebox for yeah. our own teddy bear, then wrap it up in, like, toilet roll, and <laughs> then, like, put it in... We didn't bury them. We didn't go that far. Or make a pyramid for them. Do they have a
1: curse on or anything?
0: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, the bear is out now, so... Uh, yeah, uh, again, he's maybe it's probably the- very
1: traumatised.
0: Yeah, and the curse has been released.
1: Yeah. We made pirate maps out of soaking them, soaking paper in tea. Yes. You do that? Great. Yeah,
0: yeah, Um we did that with um we made our own newspapers from yeah. the ninth, from 1666. Yeah, used- when
1: they used to make paper out of tea water. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um so what is this uh, project on?
1: God, I remember the tedium of this project. It's called mung beans. <laughs> Um, although I see that I've like adapted it by adding Chinese mung beans. So maybe that was trying to make it a little bit more exciting. But this was about a study of growing mung beans, um, a daily study of of mung beans. And I remember this just went on forever. <laughs> um, it's not an exciting process, the growth of a mung bean. We measured, we did a lot of measuring Of the mung beans. Right. Which is a small thing. (laughs) And if you're doing that on a daily basis, there's not going to be a lot of change. But I remember the detail we had to go into. I mean, maybe I should read day one. Yeah, go on. Okay. Day one, growing mung beans. My mung beans measured 0.3 millimetres and they were quite hard. They're a darkish green. The mung bean skin was called a tester- the hillum connects the seed micropile parent plant is where the old pollen tube used to be. We soaked our seeds overnight and washed them so we could plant them on day two. Oh it so it starts with the seed.
0: You spend a whole day preparing the bean but not planting not it. Not
1: planting it, let's not get <laughs> let's not get this over too quickly. <laughs> We're gonna drag this out. It's like this teacher, I think, hadn't like planned properly, so if, thought let's do mung beans again i think she must have just like every day gone oh shit i've forgotten to plan again more mung beans what's (laughs) happened today it's like and the really cruel thing about this is uh day two was my birthday
0: (laughs) so this project went on for a long time this goes
1: on for uh I seem to have stopped at 11 days, but whether the project stopped or I just kind of lost the will to live so what happened? sitting in the corner. So what happened on day 11? So day 11, um, my actual seed is 0.5 millimetres, which means they've shrunk. <laughs> uh, they were going green because they'd been left out in the light. And such is the conclusion of the epic growth of mung beans which really i guess gets the gets the kids inspired and uh fired up
0: yeah it is an interesting one because can you remember it like not enjoying it yes
1: i remember thinking mung beans again (laughs) um like yeah we did egyptians (laughs) egyptians and then they made us do mung beans that's i mean i just remember it feeling like i see through this there is nothing really going on here with look we're looking for change that's really kind of imperceptible to the naked eye like all right two millimeters more today um i don't think anybody was infused by this i've no idea if mung beans is still on the curriculum
0: apart from like say studying mung beans did you generally like school at the
1: time yeah, primary school was generally fun, which is why I remember this project just because 11 days as well when you're a kid is like that's a long time. And I, and they're they're not in here because there must've been another bit, but I remember we had to like draw it that we had like a wall of pictures of mung beans. It's not an inspiring bean. It's not even cress. You know cress is better, isn't it? <laughs> now I don't even really know what a mung bean is, and I've studied them for 11 days. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm interested by the fact that you went, that you were in um, school years. You had... F- three in, years in three one class. Years. Yeah. H- yeah.
1: How does that work? They just set different work according to which row you sat in. So there was like three rows. It just, yeah, that that was, that was just seemed normal. How many of you were in the room? There was probably about 20.
0: Wow. So that is a very, that's yeah. a tiny school. Yeah.
1: So there's like... I think there was ten in my year.
0: The school was in the same village that you were living in.
1: Uh, I lived in a village a couple of miles away, so I was a commuter child.
0: That wasn't your original school.
1: Oh no, I started school in Bristol, so moved to moved out to the country when when I was six. I remember being excited because we used to sometimes get stopped by cows crossing the road to go to school, and that seemed quite different. <laughs> To yes. Bristol.
0: I suppose you wouldn't now know any of the people who you had
1: left no I remember two I remember two people I don't know if I should say I won't say it then. anyway I had two boyfriends
0: at the same time <laughs> yeah wow it seemed
1: more acceptable at that age
0: I don't think you necessarily know what a boyfriend is at no that I don't time. think
1: so um, I didn't see them at the same time so maybe I was a little bit clever about it I just remember they used to give me presents. That seemed to be quite a good deal. So what
0: what, <laughs> what kind of things are they giving you as presents?
1: Stickers. I remember getting stickers. A colouring book. <laughs> um, same kind of romantic gifts that I, that I look for now in a partner. Um, sweets. There we go. I think that's probably, that's it. That's cracked it right there. <laughs>
0: yeah i was just, just looking
1: for dealers i'd do anything <laughs> i'd do anything for the sugar
0: <laughs> yeah so i mean if you have two boyfriends you're doubling how many yeah, people are yeah, giving yeah. you sweets and stickers
1: and then you can keep it secret and get your <laughs> chopper <a> chop in <laughs> before the weekend
0: okay so you've got a another report from this book
1: yeah this is a cooking report um so they made us get together in groups and plan a meal like a real meal and then we'd invite a guest in and we'd like send out an invitation and we'd spend weeks planning this dinner that we were going to cook well lunch so yeah then we obviously had to write an account of it and a very accurate sort of minute by minute account of how we cooked dinner (laughs)
0: <laughs> um up till that last bit that's a lot more exciting than the money being yeah,
1: yeah i it was it was a really exciting thing to do but i i've no idea i must have just made these times up because i don't know how oh no no that's right we had to write a we had to write a minute by minute plan of how we were going to cook the meal so we had to like write okay how long is it going to take to chop the onion and you know with adult supervision. On Wednesday, the 5th of June, Mr. Whiteley came for a meal that Ruth, Barney, William and I were cooking. We started at 9am. That's just a normal time to start for lunch prep. <laughs> First, we wiped the surfaces. Good. I'm sure he would have been very reassured and washed our hands. That seemed to take 10 minutes because at 9.10, Barney and William made the chocolate mousse. They asked Mrs. Collins, that was a dinner lady, if they could put it in the fridge, uh, it, I've not said what she said about that. We can only <laughs> assume that she obliged, uh, although she could be quite strict. While they were doing that, me and Ruth were making the pineapple aid. I've no idea how we made that. I'm not uh,
0: sure I know what that is.
1: No, I, I mean, that's just something you buy. So I'm not sure how, <laughs> how we made it. At 9.30am, Ruth was supposed to put the oven on at 200 degrees centigrade for the potatoes. But she forgot. <laughs> this is a bit of drama here. Also at 9.30, Barney and William were supposed to wash up and dry up, but they were still busy, so I got landed with that job. That took a long time because everyone kept finishing things at 10. So clearly a little bit of drama here. This gone, It's gone wrong already. I had to scrub the potatoes and put them on a baking tray. At 10.05, me and Barney prepared the coleslaw. Also, William grated the cheese and Ruth chopped up the carrot. So, it's an ex- I don't know if you can tell what it's going to be yet, but it's clearly an exciting meal. Uh, at 10.15, William chopped the peppers up. At 10.25, I had to the chop, chop the onion. And you know raw, what raw onions make you do. Well, it was okay for a little while, but then the onions started to sting my eyes. Then I started crying. Well, not exactly, but my eyes started watering. Good that I've clarified that point. <laughs> yeah. uh, at 10.30, Barney and Ruth were supposed to wash and dry up, but they were busy because Ruth had a go at chopping the onion. Well, it would, be, it would be mean for me to hog it. So I did it again. Oh, dear. At 10.40, I was supposed to fry the onion, but I was still doing the washing up. So I fried the onion at about 10.50. I still do this with every dinner that I cook. Uh, Then at 10.55, Barney cooked the mincemeat with the onion at the same time. Ruth cooked the rice for 12 minutes and William prepared the tomatoes. 11.15, William and Ruth filled the tomatoes with the mincemeat and rice. At 11.20, Barney was supposed to sprinkle the cheese on the tomatoes, but we decided to put the lids on instead, in a rare move of breaking from the plan. <laughs> 11.50, we were all getting excited. I put the tomatoes in the oven at 11.50. I haven't mentioned what happened about the fact that the oven wasn't turned on. Me and Ruth washed and dried up, and Barney and William set the table. Seems quite sexist with the washing up. I don't see that the boys have done any yet. <laughs> Uh 12.05, me and William meant, went to meet Mr. Wikeley, um, and that meant just to the door of the school. <laughs> so who, who was this? He was a teacher from the secondary school that we invited in. Uh, when he came, I was very nervous. Barney added the soda water to the pineapple aid. I have no idea what that was. Barney was offering the pineapple aid, but because the jug was full, Mr. Whiteley poured for everyone. William went to get the beef tomatoes, then I took them to the table. It's good to break down exactly what happened. (laughs) They were yummy. Uh, Barney put the jacket potatoes on the plate and Ruth took them to the table. I offered the fillings and we had the coleslaw with it. Ruth then offered the chocolate mousse, but it hadn't set. But it was yummy anyway. I had three helpings. When Mr. Wankley went, we all washed and dried up. That's the end.
0: It's amazingly detailed. It is
1: incredibly detailed.
0: <laughs> the people um, who you cooked with, were they your friends?
1: Um, the, yeah, they were. Ruth was my Ruth was my best friend at the time. Barney and William were boys, so they didn't count as friends. But clearly I had quite a bit of... Uh, there was a lot of people, according to me, there that weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing, who weren't kind of living up to expectations. I clearly felt quite put upon about my extra washing up duties, which had not been planned. So are you taking charge? I don't think I'm taking charge. I think I'm just... seem to be the one that gets uh, stuck with all the washing up and clearly not very happy about it. <laughs> Do you remember
0: being um, happy at the end of uh, that particular endeavour?
1: I think it felt like we'd arrived to adulthood. <laughs> 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 because... Uh, we pulled off such an adult occasion yes um, which is four people cooking lunch <laughs> but it is a very grown up it accent. is quite stuffed stuffed peppers like mm. I mean it's not a sandwich is it like, That I don't really go to that much effort now no <laughs>
0: um, and your, your friends um, do you still speak with them
1: uh, no I haven't uh, spoken to her for years but I am friends with her mum on Facebook.
0: But not her.
1: No, that's weird, isn't it? But we didn't, yeah, we didn't, like we kind of lost touch after primary school. Her, My dad has stayed friends with her mum. I think that's maybe why. And maybe she's, she's more nostalgic. <laughs> <laughs> with these
0: books, um, why have you still got them?
1: That's a good question. Um, because my dad was recently clearing out the attic and was like, I don't want this shit anymore. <laughs> and it's like, you should want it. You should want to keep those things. I don't want it. I, so I got rid of a load and then I just kept a few because clearly there's such important work in them. <laughs> it would be, you know, it would be a crime to get rid of some of these world visions. I'm going to pass it on to Teresa May. Actually, <laughs> she might want to uh, pick up a couple of tips there.
0: So what made you want to keep these books but throw away the other stuff that you already have?
1: I basically threw away the maths books because they were um there wasn't much personality in the maths books. Like there wasn't much um and I did I didn't really like spend a long time. I just thought I'd, I'll keep a couple so I just flicked through and kept Some with the most memorable bits in, I suppose.
0: And do you see yourself now in these books?
1: I do in the, like, world vision stuff. The mung beans, I just remember the absolute tedium of it. And then the cooking one is, like... I think I was quite a precocious child <laughs> and clearly thinking that like oh well I'm doing everything brilliantly and everyone else is too slow with their jobs like I think that little precociousness comes through there like
0: it sounds like in it that you feel like there's some injustice going on Yes,
1: yeah, yeah I I definitely feel a bit of a victim don't I um I expect I wasn't
0: <laughs> um how have you felt reading them
1: It's weird how much I remember, because I've got a pretty bad memory. So kind of reading them, it brings it all back. And they're not causing like a huge amount of judgment just because I think I was so young. Yeah, I guess you remember how grown up you felt at the time. And you're like, well, no, you you knew nothing and you weren't that important. But I like the fact that we split cutting the onion up between two people.
0: Yes. Uh, it's also it's funny that you then go back to cutting it.
1: Yeah. And I think yeah, it felt like a rite of passage like and you know what happens when it what raw onions make you do and it's like I didn't I've never cut an onion before. I was 10. It was clearly like oh my god, I'm kind of experiencing this this moment of adulthood which is a burden that you must bear.
0: <laughs> is there anything from being 10 years old? that you remember which you'd love to be able to do again
1: um stuffed peppers (laughs) uh well the simplicity of life is quite nice and the excitement about neighbors (laughs) no i guess it's just exciting having um all of the possibilities before you still when you still think that life could be anything you want even if that doesn't extend beyond solving uh problems with sweets.
0: Thank you so much uh for coming on the podcast, Becky.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You're about to get head to the Edinburgh Fringe? Yeah. Where can people see your show?
1: Um it is at Cabaret Voltaire at 6:45 every day apart from two Mondays where I thought I'd have a sleep. It's called Beaming. Thank you
0: for listening to the podcast. If you haven't had a chance already, then please do find us on Facebook, I'd sooner forget this, or on Twitter, I'd sooner forget, uh, and also give us a review on iTunes, and if you haven't got time for any of that, just keep subscribed and listen to next week's episode. Thank you, bye! (laughs)